You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And welcome to the Pride of Detroit POD cast, prideofdetroit.com, at Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. What are the three letters that make up the words Pride of Detroit? Start those words, P-O-D. What are the first three letters of podcast, P-O-D, the Pride of Detroit POD cast? That's what it is, the podcast of Pride of Detroit. I'm Chris Perfett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. Uh, Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader at Detroit Online, he's here off of a stellar episode we just had. Absolutely. I nailed it. And you know what? I just realized I got, like, I just understood the title of our podcast. I, I finally get it. Have you been explaining it every episode? Trying to. Trying oh. to for the people at home. Just uh, trying to. Sometimes it gets through. Sometimes it doesn't. I understand we're talking pretty advanced mathematics here. I just Ryan got Math- it, yeah. Yeah. Ryan Matthews. Back is the mother. At Ryan underscore P-O-D. He obviously got that because obviously because Ryan always has the answers for everything. He just doesn't let us know. Hunter Henry. Uh, So if you did not listen to last week's P-O-D cast and you enjoy humor, I would say skip ahead to the list cast in there and uh, have some fun. It's it's all in good fun. Sports are supposed to be fun. And uh, we had fun. No list cast this week, not because we screwed up so badly because we have quite a bit of training camp to talk about. So we are putting it on hiatus. We're still doing Wayback Machine this week. We have the first of the Bears from 2017 to talk about, Lions at Bears, and the victory that was held there, and the lessons lived, loved, and learned to discuss from that game. But first, training camp is coming up. We told you all we would buckle down, really do a good training camp episode, and it's time we do that. What we got, what we got, training camp. We're going to be excited about that. Let's start off, though, by talking about what is going, what I think we expect from training camp. And I know for Jeremy and Ryan, and most of Pride Detroit, y'all are going to be there. Yeah, this year the Lions are having, I wouldn't say necessarily a record amount of open practices, but certainly more than they've had in previous years. And so um, I'm planning to go to every single one that uh, is made available to the public. We're still kind of working on credentials. We're not sure. What the situation is going to be there, but whether we get them or not, I'm going to be at every open practice. Um, I'm excited about it because I've only been to one training camp practice ever, and it was last year. So uh, I'm hoping it goes a little more smoothly only because I was a bit overwhelmed. I think that's one thing that you don't think about if you've never been to training camp is that there's just so much going on at once that you're going to miss things. Like you're not going to see everything. You're not going to see everything you want to see. Sometimes you're going to want to focus on the defense and they're going to be halfway across the field. Uh, And 
now that I, I have at least one under my belt, I'm, I'm excited to, to go in there and kind of focus my attention where I want it to be and, uh, and get accustomed to, to it. How about you, Ryan? You are kind of the, the veteran when it comes to covering these things on location. So what are you excited about this year on any kind of personal level? Um, I'm just excited to see how practice is different uh, from the Caldwell years. I think it's interesting to just get some new blood in there um, to see how the players are just completely dejected um, by Matt Patricia's uh, conditioning drills. Just grinded to a grinded to a stub. Right? Yeah. Let, let me There's, ask you, Ryan. Yeah. At what? It, let's set the over under for what practice that he loses the team at. Um, like four, four and a half in. I mean, he's already. It's already happened. Oh, it's so negative. Do we got to go negative? Yeah, yeah. like uh, if you're giving me half, I'm taking in the under. Yeah, I mean the grip was slowly loosening on this team, and I truly think that this is going to be our breaking point. Let's set our over under at before the Giants get here. Do you think it's going to happen before, before or the, after? Before before uh, uh, combined training camp, then before before joint practice. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's after just because they have so many veteran guys like uh like Mule and you know some of those other players I think will really bring them all right, we're all kidding. We're joking. This is yeah, all facetious. I, I, I do wanna say, is this because I don't remember too many joint practices in the past, so this is uh quite new for the Lions. And actually they're they're actually coming right back out to California August seventh, tenth or so. They're gonna be out with the Raiders in Napa. Jeremy. I mean yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a like fairly new phenomenon, right, Jeremy? Yeah, I think it, ever since Bob Quinn came, they've been doing it. So they've done it for two straight years, if I'm not mistaken. The Steelers last year, and can't remember the one before that. Colts, maybe. Feel like it was yeah, Colts. I remember. I remember Colts, and I remember Steelers. I think that's about right. This is a fairly new phenomenon across most of the NFL. Like we are seeing more and more teams holding these joint practices. I think yeah. just to. I think part of it's just a way to, I don't know. We always see these joint. What what do you feel about that though? Because these joint practices, I always feel we get at least one a year where a joint practice turns into a fight. Yeah, that happens and whatever. I I, I think that's just an overblown media phenomenon. Like that but gets I, all the clicks and. Dude, but that's what we live for. We want and we want right. the blood and sweat of football. We want these guys to be fighting. You give it to us well before preseason guys. We're out. We're all here for it. I think sure. that's a totally rational thing. I just don't, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to find the, the reason for other than PR to have well, these joint practices. And I think the, part the, of it is maybe these guys just feel like they can steal playbooks early or something. I don't know. I think the reason that players typically give is that they kind of get sick of going against the same guys in practice. They learn their tendencies. They learn their moves. They need people who have more versatile moves. They need people who have different moves, who have different tendencies to be a better player. So, if, you know, if Taylor Decker is going up against Ezekiel Ansah every day, it's going to get boring. He's going to know how Ziggy works, and he's probably going to win those battles. Or, you know, say vice versa, too, like Ziggy going up against Taylor Decker. He knows all his moves. So I think just going against different people just kind of makes you a better player. And and that's what the benefit is. Obviously, tension's a little higher. People are probably going at it a little harder, which means maybe there's a smaller, a, a small increased chance of like injury or something like that or fights or whatever. But overall, I think the, the good outweighs the bad. And the, the real great thing about it this year is that the one against the Giants is here in Allen Park. 
And I believe one or two of the practices are open to the public. And that's something that Lions fans haven't been able to see live is, is them going up against another team in practice. So that's going to be a really exciting day. I think here in uh, Allen park. Ryan, how do you feel? Um, like, uh, on these joint practices. And I mean, even before then, we've got quite a bit of time before then. It's only the 23rd we're recording on. Those joint practices don't happen for, I believe, a couple of weeks. So we'll have plenty of time to see the Lions solo until then. Right. Yeah, they have plenty of time. I, I truly think that, you know, to, to you know piggyback on what Jeremy said, I think it's kind of like a way that a team can use these practices as a measuring stick, right? So when the Giants come into town, Lions can see how well they are conditioned in comparison to the Giants. They can see how well uh, they're executing um, against a team like the Giants. I mean, because all these teams, um, you know, theoretically are are all kind of getting ready along at the same pace. So, I mean, you can see like how you're doing in comparison to another team. Um, So I think that that can either be reassuring or if you're a little bit behind, you know, you need to maybe, you know, um, put your foot on the gas a little bit harder. And and maybe that might be good for a first-year coach like Patricia. Um, not saying that he's not prepared or anything like that, but it, it, I think it'll be a good way for him to get a gauge on where his team is, where his team needs to be. Um, so, so I like that, that aspect of it too, but don't you guys feel like also that like, even before there were joint practices, there were always scuffles, like just amongst oh, yeah. like teammates. I mean, because is there anything more like, is there anything more gladiator like, or anything more like, you know, just feast or famine than NFL training camp. These are guys who are like literally fighting for jobs. (laughs) Well, more than just that too. It's it's either you're fighting for jobs or in a lot of these cases, this is basically a violent form of trust falls. This is a corporate mandated retreat that you have to go on. It's not actually for, I mean, yeah, you're paid to show up for the practices. I understand, but it's not exactly, it's, it's not something people want to do because it's not technically your job at that point. Right. I mean, you, you got, you got viably, you have, you know, 30, 35 guys that aren't going to be on the roster come, you know, come September. So mm-hmm. th- those guys are not only trying to make an impression with the lions. I mean, I guess they're trying to even make an impression so that, you know, maybe if another team calls and Matt Patricia can give somebody like a glowing endorsement or something like that. So I, I feel like these fights have been or little scuffles, whatever they are. Like these happen whether or not you have another team come in for a joint practice or if you're just practicing against yourselves. Because, like you said, do Jeremy, if Taylor Decker and Ezekiel Ansar are going up against each other time and time and time and time again, like, you know what? It, there's going to be a point where it's going to be like less skill and it's going to be like, well, I want to just prove like I'm like the better man or the better football player than the guy across from me. And if somebody keeps on getting shut down, that usually leads to tension, right? Absolutely. And and like you said, I, th- I think the competition for uh, a job is, is really what kind of tends to cause these things. Because you don't really see the veterans do it too often. The guys no. that know they that know they're, their spots they're locked up. up. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's like, it's the sport version of Black Black Friday, where everyone is just rushing in to try to get the Tickle Me Elmo's. And there's only a limited amount of Tickle Me Elmo's, so they're fighting for them. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. I I don't think there has been a lot of Lions fights in, in recent memory. I don't know if the intensity is going to be higher under Matt Patricia. Like you said, I think that's something that I'm very interested in seeing too, whether, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to have a lot to compare it to because I didn't see a lot of Jim Caldwell practices, but I'm just definitely interested to see how, how Matt Patricia is going to run things. Who's most likely to fight Ryan? Who's the, who's the lion most likely to get into a fight? 
first of all, we need training camps sponsored and presented to you by Tickle Me Elmo, apparently. Um, <laughs> they still make those? I feel like they have to. My references are from a decade ago, all right? Deal with it. That's true. Um, the two players most likely to get into a scrum, I feel like I feel like Quandary Diggs is somebody that I can just count on probably being a little bit chippy and really? being a little mm. bit chirpy too. I feel like he's a guy who like truly always plays like he has a chip on his shoulder, whether or not it's whether or not it's a, a practice in in July or a game on Monday night. Like I feel like that guy goes at one hundred percent like all the time. So yeah. like I was going to say, like you say, like, you know, Chris saying that these are kind of like company retreats and you're kind of trusting the other guy, like putting, you know, your livelihood in the other guy's hands. Like, I don't know if the guy's hands I want to put my livelihood into is Quandary Diggs. Uh, the, correct answer is, the correct answer is LeGarrette Blunt because we already know he's got a hell of a right hand. <laughs> A good answer. You'd asked me past years, I would have probably have said Nevin Lawson was probably my write in for this. Now without him, I'm I'm looking around. I will I you know what? I know everyone kind of puts him on is probably even penciling him in for the roster, but I think my answer is probably Kerry Hyder. Because he is on that even what? before even <laughs> before his injury, he was on that can't go back train. He knows he what it's like on the outside. He seems like the gentlest giant in the world though. I know this, the quiet ones are the most violent. You're, you're saying this. You're saying this about the guy who had the late hit on Andy Dalton and almost lost money during the preseason in 2016. Oh, I forgot yep. about that. Yep, <laughs> that was funny in hindsight, though. I I don't think he was laughing at the time, but I definitely think he <laughs> he can joke about it now a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. It's not like he's made a ton of money in the NFL, though. Still. Yeah. He's made more money than lost money. <laughs> that's true. Hey, that's that's profit right there. That's a net. That's a e- net, as they would e- say in economics. Economics 101, P-O-D. Yeah, P-O-D. P-O-D economic classes for the masses. All right, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, I'm going to rapid fire Jeremy and Ryan here about questions about what they think about training camp. Get their answers to all the pressing questions y'all have and some questions you probably don't have, but only I, the adequate host, can bring you. Be right back. Private Detroit. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Right to Detroit, POD cast, back once again with the good stuff. Training camp. I have a list of questions here. 
they're not always coherent questions, but I do have a list of questions. We have some serious questions here. We have some not so serious questions. We have some questions here that I think Ryan will appreciate far more than Jeremy. And some <laughs> questions I think will be appreciated and kind by both of them. But but no questions that I'll appreciate more than Ryan? I don't even know what you would appreciate more than Ryan that I could ask you about training camp. It's because Ryan poses off me. No, because he's the rock god. You want. All right. Let's fight. You don't want to fight, Jeremy. Let's let's good. let's have a training camp fight right now. <laughs> Getting a training camp battle started right. I like this. I'm gonna pull your face mask to the ground, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We might as well start with the rote question. Everyone wants to hear what is the position and the position battle you are most interested in. Not excited, but like interested in for training camp. Brian, I'm going to let you take this one first. Oh, how kind of you. Yep. All right, I'll take it. So I, I truly think, is it fair to just say defensive backs as a whole? Can I say that or no? I'll allow it. Okay, thank Go you so yourself. much. Thank you so much for allowing it. So here, here's the deal with the defensive back position. I'm most intrigued because I don't know where the pieces fit. Um, and also, I don't know necessarily, we don't know necessarily who's going to be the tool. Number. You're not tool. You don't know where the pieces fit. There we go. Um, I don't get that reference, but I'll laugh. Uh, number. So Jeremy got it. Jeremy got my <laughs> obvious, awful '90s metal references. See, so, see, that's perfect. See, finally, Jeremy, Chris gave you something that you would appreciate more than I would. <laughs> yes. Wow. That didn't even yeah, take tool. a full question. Yeah. It, tool. Wow. Oh, great. Okay. So, anyway, so the the defensive backs is the position that has me the most interested going into training camp because we don't know who the number two corner is um necessarily i think a lot of people want to think that it's tease Tabor. um a lot of people might have to temper their expectations especially with the lions re-signing nevin lawson i think that maybe even he kind of has like the inside track right now i think Tabor has to have a really good training camp so it's going to be really interesting to see who's going to be earning first team reps on the defense you know opposite of slay it's going to be interesting to see who's going to be playing nickel corner how much Jamal Agnew is going to be playing, uh, how much Quandre Diggs is going to be playing there. Is Quandre Diggs going to be playing safety? Is he going to be playing, you know, nickel primarily? Where does Tracy Walker fit in? Is he just a guy that they are really happy to get in the third round to put on the developmental train? Or is he somebody who they think can, you know, play like a specialized role like Miles Killebrew did when he was a rookie? Is Miles Killebrew going to make the team? Um, is Tavon Wilson the starting strong safety? I, there are just so many questions. D- Deshaun's shed. You know, he's a guy who's coming off of an injury in Seattle, but he was a guy who played a little bit of safety, a little bit of corner. It, it's just going to be really interesting to see how all of these moving pieces are going to. I don't even think they're going to even settle into place, but at least we'll get a chance to like visualize what's going on and what the Lions are going to be trying to do on defense with all of these guys. So that's where I'm most intrigued because it just seems like a giant. It seems like. Matt Patricia, like right now, like they just emptied out the the puzzle box and all these pieces are sitting here and you, we're just going to figure out how they're going to start to fit together once training camp starts. We really have to make him listen to Schism when we're done with this podcast, Jeremy. <laughs> Not listening to Tool. <laughs> okay, good, good. You don't need that in your life. But yeah, Ryan, Jeremy, Ryan brings up a lot. Yeah. Before, before I get into my answer, I want to just talk, kind of hop off of what Ryan said and it's a really good answer, and I'm I'm afraid I can't sucker punch him in the helmet for for it. But 
I, I mean, the only set parts are really Darius Slay and Glover Quinn, right? That's, That's it. it. That's it. <laughs> and it, it, what what's fascinating about that is per, they have basically everyone from last year came back too. They just added Tracy Walker. They added Deshaun Shed. We figured out that Kawandre Diggs can play safety and 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 Tease Tabor might develop into something now. And it, it's just they have a, a, an embarrassment of riches at defensive back and. That's that's nice, but you can't play all of them at once. So uh, I'm very very interested in the secondary for sure. And not and not all of them can even make the roster too. <laughs> right, exactly. That's the other thing. Yeah. Uh, but I'll you know I'll stay on the defensive side because in all honesty, there's not a lot of interesting things happening on offense except for a backup quarterback battle, and I refuse to talk extensively about it right now. Good. Uh, but I'm kind of interested in the linebacker situation because obviously that went through a lot of overhaul this off season. And Matt Patricia knows a lot about linebackers. He was a linebackers coach. So the specific battle that I'm going to keep my eye on is Christian Jones and Jalen Reeves-Maven. Because Christian Jones comes in after kind of a mediocre to to bad career in Chicago. Jalen Reeves-Maven is obviously the up-and-comer. But they're both young guys. And they're both kind of guys that can both rush the passer and play a little bit of pass defense, can, can cover a little bit. And I don't, I don't really know who the leader in going into camp is. I think a lot of people are riding on, on Jalen Reeves, Mabin, but we didn't see, you know, much of anything in, of him in the his rookie year. And, and Christian Jones kind of has the inside track in terms of experience and and understanding uh, what the NFL is like. Maybe not necessarily matches up with Matt Patricia's scheme or whatever, but. He, you know, just, I mean, experience in the NFL is, is a lot. It, it, no matter what scheme you're playing in, getting used to the NFL speed, getting used to what you can and can get away with in the NFL where you probably can't, can get away with a lot more in college. Puts Christian Jones kind of an inside track, but high, uh, hopes are high for, for Jalen Reeves, maybe. And I'm, I, I, if there's one guy that I'm kind of very specifically interested in, it's him. All right, cool. I like it. Well, I've got one more question as far as the defensive end of the side and just to move us along to the next thing. But I did have this highlight. I'm glad none of you said defensive end because my next question for you guys is what is going to happen to the bottom of this Bob Quinn spice shaker that we've had for defensive end, be that in Jeremiah Ledbetter, Jeremiah Valawaga, and Cornelius Washington, including some of the new guys like Alex Barrett, Deshaun Hands, et cetera. Well, it's tough. Uh, it's tough for a bunch of reasons. One is they're not going to be in just a 3-4 and a 4-3. So, you know, a guy who plays defensive tackle on a 4-3 might be on the end in some 3-4 looks. So it's you kind of get into mixed territory of who's a defensive end, who's a defensive tackle, who's a linebacker, who's a defensive end. But I think you're really going to see a lot of Dev- Devon Kennard kind of as a defensive end, as an edge rusher. So maybe that's an outside linebacker in three, four schemes. Maybe it's a, a straight up defensive end as a four, three scheme. But I think if there's someone that's going to benefit most in terms of sacks, that's going to really increase their production from previous years. It's going to be him. I believe he only has nine, nine and a half career sacks in four years, but I think he might fit really well in this scheme. He played all over the place with the giants. He's got pass rushing skills, but, I just think he's more adept in terms of the skill set for a three, four base. And I think the lines are going to be, if you want to call them any sort of base, I think it's going to be a three, four base, but 
I, I just I like how he fits in this defense, and and I think he's going to be the one that shakes out as as maybe the guy opposite Ziggy on a lot of snaps. So you see this continuing. I guess my question was more getting at the fact that we've just had a massive amount of turnover when it comes to this line. Last couple of years of Bob Quinn just trying everything, be it Valo, you know, Ledbetters, the Valoagas out there, throwing what can stick at the wall. I'm just asking what's going to happen to some of those past past year guys. It's it's even interesting, I think, in the fact too, Chris, is that in last year's draft, they even drafted Pat O'Connor out of Eastern Michigan, who was a defensive end. He didn't even make the team. Yeah. Um, and I know he's a seventh round pick, but I, I think that goes to, I think that just speaks to what you're kind of trying to get at here, Chris, is that there's, there's this constant churning at the bottom of the roster and Bob Quinn trying to find guys. And I think he did that, you know, even in his first season with Kerry Hyder. Um, and I think that maybe you end up hitting on some of those guys, like your Kerry Hyder, even look at Anthony Zettel, who was a, you know, a six round pick. Um, those guys, I think have kind of, some of them are going to stick. And I think for, I think large in part, I think that this may just kind of be, I hope it isn't, but I kind of think that this is just going to be the way that Bob Quinn handles a defensive line. <laughs> and I know that might be a tough pill to swallow for a lot of people, but it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead and start talking about the draft next year or even free agency or what, what you know, what might happen then, but draft always happens. Yeah, with with the Lions not extending Ansa and him just playing on this franchise tag, it's always better to have a bird in the hand rather than two in the bush. And the thing is, is that if the Lions aren't going to sign Ansa, and I'm totally, I, I'm totally off, totally not on board with not re-signing him. And I know Jeremy has kind of been, you know, he, he's kind of there, but he's also kind of with the idea that, like, well, I mean, if you don't sign Ansa, who do you have? I think that question doesn't really matter to Bob Quinn at this point. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see how the defensive line shakes out this year, because it's going to see how important that is to Matt Patricia's defense. Like they clearly made an effort to go out and get more secondary help in a draft where they needed more defensive line help. I know they, you know, they moved up back around to get to Sean hand, but taking Tracy Walker in the third round, that really seemed like quite a bit of a luxury pick. Um, and I know it's a guy that they really like, but maybe the secondary, maybe the linebackers, especially going out, getting Christian Jones, getting, you know, Devon Kennard, maybe that's more important to pet, you know, to Patricia's defense and somebody like Ansa, while they're valuable, um, they're not worth a long-term commitment. So to answer your question, Chris, in a long about, you know, in a, in a long roundabout way is that I just think that maybe this might just be Bob Quinn's MO, especially with Matt Patricia, is that they don't need uh, dominant defensive line players. I think that it would be a plus and be a bonus, but it's not something that they're going to break the bank on in free agency. And um, once they get the offense settled, which they clearly view as their strong suit and their strong point of their team, um, if that's all set in motion, they've done that by getting Taylor Decker or by getting, you know, drafting Taylor Decker, getting Rick Wagner, getting TJ Lang and, you know, free agency. Once that's settled and they feel comfortable with that, I think maybe then they'll kind of turn their attention towards luxuries on defense. And I think a luxury may be like a, you know, uh, a premier pass rusher. Okay. Okay. Next couple of questions I have here. We're going to go a little more rapid fire here. Who, and this is the cheeky one now, who is going to impress at training camp, but will then spend the rest of the year either on the practice squad or get cut or sit on the sideline or have some sort of, horrible injury that will sideline him for the entire year, thus leading to an entire year of speculation of how good he could be 
which will drive Lions fans crazy until next year, a.k.a. the Kenny Galladay special. <laughs> Kenny Galladay special? He is going to have a phenomenal year. I know. But I will... That's my next question. Don't you spoil that, though. Okay. I'm, I'll stick with the wide receiver position and go with Taylor Redding, uh, the undrafted free agent who had a pretty good mini camp. Um, the question is really with him, is there even a wide receiver spot for him to take? Because obviously the Lions top three wide receiver spots are taken with Tate, Jones, Jones and Jones. Uh, I'm sorry, (laughs) Tate, Jones and Galladay. But is TJ Jones locked in in that number four spot? And if he isn't, Taylor Redding could be that guy, but I think it is locked up and Taylor Redding isn't going to make the team. He could make the practice squad. And that'll get people maybe excited for next year. He could be the next Jace Billingsley, just hang out on the practice squad every year. And then every offseason, we're like, oh, Golden Tate said something awesome about Taylor Redding this time. Maybe he's going to be the next whatever. Uh, but yeah, Taylor Redding is definitely my guy that fits that category. My answer, real quick, carry on Johnson. <laughs> what? Here, here's the deal with carry on Johnson. I think that I think that Lions fans are going to be so frustrated with how the Lions handle their running back situation, even though I think that they'll do a just fine job of it. The Lions running back situation is going to be handled situationally. Okay, they're they're going to use they're going to use theoretic when they need to use them on on you know passing downs, pass protections, things like that. Legarrette Blunt using short yardage situations, maybe even early you know running downs on first or second down. I think people are going to see these brief glimpses of how great carry on Johnson is. And then he's going to end up with like eight or nine carries a game, or maybe even max, like, you know, maybe he gets like six or seven carries and two or three of those runs. He, you know, seven yards, eight yards, 13 yards or something like that. But the game just doesn't dictate him being in the game. I think lions fans are going to go grow so frustrated with the fact that all the lions moved up in the second round to get a running back, but they're not even going to use them. And I'm going to trust Jim Bob Cooter in the offense to use these running backs correctly. But I just think that like Lions fans will get frustrated with the way that the Lions use carry on Johnson this year. You know what? So in that regard, I just as a sub question that because we do have now four running backs who will obviously make the team. Does Zach Zenner or Dwayne Washington make this roster? No. Okay. But can I can I push Ryan Quickly, a little yeah. bit? Go get ahead. in a little mini scuffle here. Because I just I just think if if there's anything with Carrion Johnson that happens this year, I think it's more likely that the Lions running game still sucks than it is he doesn't get the majority of the carries. Cause I think I think eventually he's not gonna be the premier like he's not gonna be the workhorse back, but he's gonna be the premier back. He's gonna be fifteen, twenty ish carries by the end of the season, I think. And I'd be very surprised otherwise. Because I I, I do believe that the Lions are gonna be situational in some instances, but Kerry Ann Johnson's going to be there on most first and second downs. He really is. I think you're going to be very surprised then. All right. One word answer to this question. Only one word cannot explain. Will Kenny Galladay be all that? Jeremy. Yup. Ryan. No. Okay. Excellent. We'll let people speculate on that. <laughs> Here's the question that Jeremy will obviously does not want who the, there has been a lot of teams taking only two quarterbacks into the season. Now who is on the inside track, Matt Castle or Jake Rudock? 
Jeremy, I'll give you honors. All right. Well, I just <laughs> about it today. I just, yeah, I did just write an article about it today. So if you read it, if you were an avid reader of Pride of Detroit, you can answer for me. You can say it along with me. Jake Effin Rudak. And I know Kent disagrees with me, and that's fine. But the Lions have brought this guy along for two years. He looked a lot better last preseason than he did in the first preseason. I think he's getting to a point where he's, sorry, Chris, I, I think he's adequate. I think he's fine as a backup quarterback. How dare he's you. not going to come in and, and win a Super Bowl, all of the, the Eagles, but he knows the playbook. He knows Jim Bob Cooter, where as Matt Castle only knows the general manager and, and the head coach. But uh, I, I just think at this point, I mean, this is definitely the make or break year for Jake Rudock. And I, I just don't think Matt Castle is, a, is good enough to, to push him. I, I think Matt Castle's played very poorly and he's only played in three games in the past two years. So give me Jake Rudock. I think he's got the inside track. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Castle won, but Jake Rudock, I think, uh, is your leader going at, out of the clubhouse. Brian? I think the two are neck and neck, to be honest, and I don't buy the idea that Jake Rudock is this... I don't buy the idea that Jake Rudock has like grown so tremendously over two preseasons that all of a sudden he's like the Lions like guy now, because if he was the Lions guy... I don't know why they bring in Matt Castle in the first place. Why not? If, it's not if like you, he cost him a ton. If you're if you're so trustworthy in the fact that Rudock is this you know backup quarterback that you're so in on, why was he involved in like trade rumors? Okay, two, and then also I I just don't see the point in bringing in Castle. I mean I know it didn't cost you a ton, but at the same time they brought in a guy who was familiar with the GM and the head coach and is a guy who has been a backup quarterback for a long time, has been a veteran presence. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that there's maybe even a chance that the Lions carry three quarterbacks, and I know that's a little bit unprecedented, but I just don't think that they bring him in if they don't fully trust Rudock. And I know maybe it doesn't hurt, but why not just bring in another practice squad body? Why why bring in a veteran like Castle? He's um, a coach. Not a, you know he's not going to be a distraction. So you want him to come in and take a look at your playbook and then go somewhere else? Because Matt Castle will be on an NFL roster. I don't think that's true. Matt Castle will be on an NFL roster. He's 36. He'll Matt be on Cass- an NFL roster. I know this league. <laughs> I'm with Ryan on that. Yeah. One word answer for this. Jace Billingsley? Question mark. Jeremy? Rip. Ryan? I want to believe. I want to believe in one word. 90 reference. It's a 90s reference. X-Files. And that's my one word. <laughs> X-Files. I like it. <laughs> You're going to let that slide. All right. Surprise name out of training camp. This is your last one. Um, wow. That's a tough one. Surprise. I know it's not a surprise for you guys because you guys have been pouring over all 90 men, everything they eat and sweat. But maybe the people at home are pretty adequate like me. So tell yeah. them, tell yeah, them mine. what. Yeah. Go ahead, Ryan. Terrell Crosby. Okay. Jeremy. Oh, really sexy, not explain a sexy it? pick, a sexy pick. And often just give the name, just give the name. I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll Rashid Benton. Okay. And then finally, will you be able to keep straight? Tio, Theo, 
Deshaun, Deshaun, and Ashawn. Yes, because I'm not adequate. Ouch. Yikes. <laughs> what about you, Ryan? Can you promise you won't screw up Deshaun Hand and uh, and who's the other Deshaun? Right, I already <laughs> forgot his last name. I'm I'm an editor. Right in so front it's, of me. it's my job. It's my job to know that. Deshaun Sheed. Jed. 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 Is it Shed? That's how I say it. Okay. Confirmed. Yep. It's my job cool. to do it, so I have to. Are there any other really confusing names that are close together? I'm trying to look. I'm looking over the roster. Nah, it's not good. Anyway, let's take a break there. That's enough training camp for this episode. We're going to have some more questions in the mailbag, I think, about training camp. But first, we take a break from that to go way back in the Wayback Machine. Lions at Bears. Stick around. Pride of Detroit. POD cast rolls on. Skip skipping the beach and not close enough so that space between you and me let's lose it the way you're dancing swaying to the music girl that body and how you move it every time you cross my mind girl i lose it alexa play the country heat playlist okay with amazon music a voice is all you need get tens of millions of songs download the amazon music app today Way back. Detroit Lions, 27. Chicago Bears, 24. In the Windy City, in in Soldier Field. Uh, In a pretty nutsy game, I would have to say, at the end of the day. I'm sure Jeremy will disagree with me somehow on that. This now makes the third, if I am correct in reading this, and I am, the third straight win for the Detroit Lions putting them at six and four. Woo! Winning record. Woo! Yeah, that's right. The only bad news is Minnesota's pretty much running away with the division at this point. But as always, just got to win. So what did we make about this game? First thoughts, when I say the name, when I say the name Lions at Bears, like what's the first thing that pops in you guys' heads? Hashtag we own the Bears. Fucking Mitch Trubisky. (laughs) We own the Bears and fucking Mitch Trubisky. Okay. <laughs> Why are you trying to F Mitch Trubisky? Well, because he put a big old scare on the Detroit Lions in this game. Uh, I mean, fourth, it was fourth and 13. The Lions were up by three with under a minute left. The Bears are on their own 30-some yard line. And, and man, the Lions had Mitchell Trubisky in the backfield. We had... Cornelius Washington chugging right behind him should have had could have caught up to him to get I think was this the game he got his first sack of the season or I think it was last week it was the previous week but you know Cornelius Washington having a real tough season has a chance to put the game away dives at Mr. Trubisky's feet misses Trubisky scrambles for 20 yards the Bears get into field goal range and thank the lord they have they had Connor Barth as their field goal kicker and he shanks a 40 some yarder lions win but that play almost more than any other play this entire season frustrated me ryan i mean the lions had matt prater and connor barthen at the same time 
when they were looking for a new kicker and they went with Prater. So they clearly picked the right guy. Uh, good on them for doing that. Uh, the, I think the thing that was most frustrating about this game was that the Lions run defense still couldn't, it was a complete sieve. Like it still couldn't stop anything. Jordan Howard, 15 attempts for 125 yards. Tariq Cohen. Yeah. Tariq Cohen, nine carries for 44 yards. Trubisky with that scramble um, added in six carries for 53 yards. Woof. Yeah. I mean, well over 200 yards rushing. So they did, they did everything they could to keep Trubisky, the passer um, grounded, but the running, the, the running games could not be stopped. So uh, I guess I guess the Lions going into that game, I, I think we knew that was going to be the problem. We knew that was like, okay, they're going to run the ball all over us, but hopefully once they get to the red zone, the Lions can keep them from scoring. Um, they did an okay job of that, but man, they really, they won this one by the skin of their teeth. They really put some scares into it. And yeah, I think by now, I think at this time of year, last year, we were talking about just how bad this Lions run defense was that you can turn around and give the Bears, the Bears, 220 yards. And uh, yeah, as you said, they bottled up Trubisky pretty well. He got like 179 yards. I think his QB, his rating, came, his passer rating came out to like 88, but just very hard to keep this team contained. We We all knew that, you know, we own the Bears, everything else like that, but Going into Soldier Field, usually a pretty tough place for the Lions to get those wins. And this one was characteristic of being on the road out there and that it's a scare. It's a team that probably should not be kicking your butt, but is and everything else. So what was the problem with the Lions besides the the run defense that was really that really kind of stood out to you in this game? I mean, it, it was the same. I mean, same as it was the entire season, like. This this game a lot resembled the Browns game the previous season the previous week where the Browns and the Bears both got up to early leads the Lions eventually righted the ship by halftime and then things got close again in in the second half and part of that is that when the game's in Matthew Stafford's hand he'll light it up but once the Lions have a lead or once the Lions want to slow things down with the running game they can't do it and I think this game was kind of the beginning of the end for Amir Abdullah. Uh, you know, he only he had 11 carries for 22 yards and Theo Riddick had more snaps than him in this game. And that was the first time that happened all season, I believe. So I think starting next week, we're going to see Theo Riddick start to take over and nothing's going to change essentially. Uh, and this is why this is part of the reason why the Lions struggled so much. And to me, like the, the ultimate takeaway I had from this game at this point in the season was that we could not trust this Lions team against anybody. They just almost lost to the winless Browns at home. They just escaped Soldier Field uh, against a three and seven Bears team. And you look at the rest of the schedule; it's easy, but you, you, no one can go. Oh yeah, the Lions are going to run the table anymore because they—I mean—they could barely skip by, get by the skin of their teeth against two of the worst teams in the NFL last year, and uh, we would be proven to be right. They—they they wouldn't be able to get by every poor team going forward. And and I think this this solidified it in every rational Lions fan's mind. They saw the writing on the wall here. Who was the big uh, winner from this game, though, for the Lions? Did anyone actually look good coming out of this game? Marvin? 
Starting Marvin. Four catches, 85 yeah. yards, and a score. Matt Prater. Matt Prater. I mean, what, I think he had 250-some yarders in this game, and that Soldier Field, that's not easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah the fifty two yarder to kind of give ahead, yeah. yeah to give Detroit the go ahead there at the end, but um, I think it I think the reason why it's so tough to find somebody who's not named Matthew Stafford who had just about a a perfect second quarter. The other thing that I was going to say that frustrated me so much about this game was the Lions' offense was just completely anemic until um, about halfway through the second quarter. Yeah, Like it was one of those things where like the Lions offense didn't do anything in the first quarter at all whatsoever. Their first score was a scoop and score by DJ Hayden when That's Trubisky right. pooped, it, when Trubisky pooped his pants um, and fumbled that ball, you know, in the, the center exchange. So like, this was just one of those games where it was like, really, like we're going to rely on, <laughs> we're going to rely on the defense to do the scoring, which is something that was happening earlier in the season. And it's just like, it's not sustainable. Like it's one of those I mean, things where it's like, why can't the offense ever just start humming? <laughs> like, like it, it happens like in like once in a great while, but against the, the bears, the freaking bears. And I know like Chris said, it's at soldier field. It's, you know, in Chicago, blah, 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 black and blue division. But it's like, can we just start a game and play from like start to finish? Like, well, can we just have another field one of those games? Yeah. I mean, it's and it. Plus it's not just soldier field too. Cause as we just talked about last, Last week they they were at home against the Browns and this kind of stuff keeps happening. Yeah, yeah. And what when what was the play that kind of spirited the Lions comeback against the Browns? It was the strip and score, right? Yeah, yeah. It was the it was the Nevin Lawson return for the touchdown. Yeah. It's, Granted, it's totally... the Lions the Lions didn't even get to take the lead until almost halftime too. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So so basically, what we have here is uh, Deshaun Kaiser poops his pants. <laughs> before the half in the Browns game. And that really does a number for the lions. And Trubisky does the same thing when he poops his pig boy pants uh, here. So lots of diapers, lots of diapers in order for the lions to come out victorious against Browns and bears in back-to-back weeks. And it's it's kind of funny. I don't, I don't think Jeremy, I don't think you intended to do this, but my, my headline for the Browns article was about escaping from Detroit with a win against Cleveland. And yours was about escaping Chicago. (laughs) Yeah, I mean that the 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 story of the Lions 2017 season is they escaped until they couldn't escape anymore. Which and was deci- which was which was decidedly different from 2016, right? Yeah. Cuz those weren't those didn't feel like escapes. Well, those felt like clawing back into games and and like winning them kind of like decisively like like you always felt like if the Lions have I think it was different in 2017 because in in 2016 when the Lions had the ball at the end of the game you're like, "You know what?" I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to pull it off. There's just something about this team with like Anquan Bolden and the receivers. Like I trust Stafford at the end of the game to get this done. Well, and in, 20, in 2017, it was like, how are they going to Houdini this? To me, it, it's a little bit different. And and the way I think I would put it is in 2016, it felt like they were winning games. Maybe they shouldn't have won. And then in 2017, they were losing games. They probably shouldn't have lost. Bengals. About right. Yeah. I think is the difference there. A lot of it coming from the idea that there's just no, we, we, you mentioned Anquan Bolden, Ryan, there, there's no player like that on this roster right now. There's no, because at least in, in kind of red zone situations in 2016, you could count on Anquan Bolden. I think I've asked the question before, but there's not really that kind of a guy 
on the Detroit Lions in 2017. Yeah, I don't think that there's the guy that's necessarily the sure-handed, you know, is going to get to the sticks on third down, is going to be, uh, you know, the guy in the red zone that you want to throw the ball to because he's going to take it from the other guy. Yeah, Darren Fells just did not become that. Like, I think a lot of fans expected him to be that once yeah. it was clear Eric Ebron wasn't going to take that next step, and neither of those worked out. I think the, I think the Lions did miss Anquan Bolden in 2017. For sure. And, and I think I think the guy expected to take that place long term is Michael Roberts, because we were all, you know, oh, yeah, floating about how great he what he had 16 touchdowns in his season senior year at Toledo. Yeah. And so I think that's a long term plan. I mean, also Kenny Galladay. I mean, Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones are two pretty sure handed receivers to have in the red zone. So I don't think that's a long term problem, but it's definitely something I think they were missing last year. Ooh, final thoughts on this game. I, I did. I did like. I was watching Alex's Twitter and uh, dealing with a few guys there. It has been funny watching how the Bears Lions rivalry has kind of evolved over the past few years. And I am kind of curious how you guys feel about that because there is still and always was this kind of feeling that the Bears would rather have the Packers as their big rival. Yeah, I think. I think Bears fans are very upset with Lions fans right now, and we're partially responsible, I think, with the we own the we own the Bears hashtag. But I mean, Lions fans are stunting on Bears. Lions fans are stunting on Bears, and they earned it. I mean, nine wins in in ten games. Uh, the only comeback that the Bears can have is you know something about the history and something about the Lions not winning a playoff game and blah 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 and Matthew Stafford and not winning a playoff game, but. I, I don't know. I, I feel like the the rivalry is heated, whether the Bears want to admit it or not. And it, it comes from both sides. And, and, it, and it was great, too, because in the first couple of days of Chicago's training camp opening up early because they have the Hall of Fame game, um, it was raining and it was raining in Illinois. And uh, there were reports that Trubisky looked, quote unquote, inconsistent. And I was like, way to just throw gasoline on the fire. <laughs> um, that's exactly what we need to hear is you know things are getting off you know things are getting off to a swimming start with Matt Nagy there but I, I think it's I mean here's here's what happens in all rivalries and I even kind of want to make it a little analogous to to Michigan and Michigan State but there are just these runs like and and it's truly you know each each franchise kind of deals with these like peaks and valleys and whatnot but you know for the for the past you know, what, seven, eight years, it's been, you know, Michigan State has just kind of taken it to Michigan. In the decade before that, it was Michigan taking it to Michigan State. Like, rarely... You're not going to call the Lions little brother, are you? I'm going to be real mad, real triggered. (laughs) I might call the Bears little brother right now because, (laughs) I mean, the proof is in the pudding. But I think the other thing too, Chris, is... I think the bears want, I think bears fans think they want to belong to this like regal society of like former Super Bowl champions who have like these, you know, you know, hollowed, you know, legendary four, six buddy Ryan defense, you know, with the, with the bears in the eighties, but like, and they want to imagine that the Packers are their rivals, but like, that's just not true at all. Like the bears, like it's, the bears are just not in the class of the Packers in terms of the Packers have been doing it for the past 26 years. Okay. They've had back to back franchise quarterbacks 
the Bears have not had that. <laughs> Ever. Had in, their, in, the, in the history of their organization, yeah, they never had talking about having that tough running game and tough defense. It's just, it's not there. It's been 30 her years. Lock, her lockers have been and gone get for it. like a decade. Yeah, I get it. I get it too. Like, 30 years, you at least have one. But at this point, 30 years might as well be 60. You might as well just be the same type of people as Jets fans clinging on to that one time that, you know, they called it in Super Bowl three. That's the kind of ancient history we're talking about here. That's always the funny thing when I see people bringing up that history too, because it just, at the end of the day, it is just history. You can keep lording over 85. I'm just going to tell you how old you are. Hey, yeah. watch it. Eddie Murphy Raw, what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. Let's say we get out of the, ma- the Wayback Machine, go to the mailbag, shall we? Do it. Lever. Oh, it's making a weird noise now. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was going to malfunction. <laughs> you need to oil it. that thing. <laughs> Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Melta. 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 Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail time. Hashtag ask POD. As always, get your questions in. Jeremy, we have some reviews, I, I'm led to understand. Someone was asking us how to get reviews in, so I might as well put the call out here this way. Go on to your iTunes account. I mean, go on to iTunes. If you have an Apple account, go look on the podcast section of the, uh, I, of the Apple store, whatever the hell it's called. I have Android. And look for Pride to Detroit, NFL Detroit Lions. should be able to leave your review there with your Apple account. That's where we read them from. Jeremy, we have the reviews. We have two. And hey, they're both five stars. We're back on the right track. We're back. Uh, The first one comes from Johnny One Kenobi. He says, amazing. Kind of. Five stars. (laughs) Says, the show needs more Ryan Matthews and less of the Debbie Downers, Chris and Jeremy. Love the back and forth between everyone, but Chris and Jeremy make me triple think why I'm a Lions fan, which in turn makes me drink my pain away more than I already do. On a serious note, this show is, and I'm supposed to read this in a Miz voice, which I don't know what that sounds like. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. That is actually, if you just draw that out a bit, Jeremy, that is pretty close to a Miz voice. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, second review comes from Hold Pete on, but before, before we do this, though, like I'm trying to figure out why he thinks you get 
like you are the one to bring him down the Detroit Lions. I get it from me. But. See, I, th- that's what I'm saying. I get I'm a relentless homer, and I get that I'm a Debbie Downer, and I don't know which one I actually am, but the fact that I get it from both sides shows me I'm probably doing something right. Not really. Yeah. Maybe, next, maybe, next review. I was going to say real quick, maybe after this podcast, you're going to feel a little bit different about me because I'm I'm telling you you're going to be frustrated about how the Lions use Carryon Johnson, and I'm not ready for a breakout Kenny Galladay season. So There you go. We we converted him. Uh, our, our second review comes from B. Dentler. He says, balance takes no Kool-Aid. So I guess we're negative. Says, have been listening for a couple weeks, and I really appreciate the balance these guys have, not overhyping the Lions, but instead being realistic about successes and failures. Contrary to previous reviews, I do think Chris does a good job on the show. Hey. Oh, and, and Jeremy and Ryan, too. What's going on? What have you done? I got, I got... Someone's writing fake reviews. <laughs> I got third billing in that, so I know I didn't write that review. So I'm an only child. I come uh, first. All right. Let's get to the questions themselves. We've got a little light of a mailbag, so we're going to try to do what we can with these questions that we have. We got some questions from last week as well, so I want to get uh, that we didn't actually get to. So I want to get some of these older ones in here as well. So we'll start with um, Andreas Thiel. If Moldbach, if Moldbach is the granddad of the team, who is the dad? I think it's undoubtedly Matthew Stafford. Yeah, yeah Dad Stafford. What about Ashawn? He's old enough. Um, he's the he, wise he man. Grand, but, uh... He's uncle. He's an... he's uncle. He's unk. <laughs> that old uncle will beat you up. Maybe, maybe Ziggy too. I, I feel know, like I feel 40s. like. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, okay, all right, enough of that. <laughs> okay, Not, enough, that of that, enough of that X-Files truther stuff, but, like, I feel like Ashawn's the uncle who drinks a little bit too much at the family reunion, and he, he wants to wrestle you, and you're like, you're like, no, dude, you're way too strong. Like, I know you're just going to pin my arm behind my back, and I'm probably going to have to go to urgent care, but let's not do that. <laughs> It's way too excited about doing this. But it, it also, this. Come on, take your shirt off, take your shirt off, let's <laughs> wrestle. In all seriousness, I feel like Matthew Stafford has always kind of had like a dad personality. I mean, outside of like the keg stand pictures of him in college, like ever since he's been in in the pros, it just feels like he isn't the partying type. We see all these other guys on Instagram and and Twitter posting videos of them partying and doing all that stuff. And Matthew Stafford doing? just at home with his twins. What are you doing? Golf. What are you doing here? What is this? Talking about Matthew Stafford being a dad. Next question. From Kajeka, Kajeka Smith. Space Jam, but with NFL players, who would be your NFL stars for a Space Jam spiritual, spiritual successor about NFL players and those wascally Looney Tunes? Oh, man. This is tough because I felt like I had a 100% surefire answer, but I think it can be contested. My, mine's OBJ, though. That was a name that pop into my head first <laughs> oh my god i, I could actually Whoa. see that <laughs> like i'm fully on board with an obj space jam so we're getting are we getting one nfl player because it's a little bigger so i imagine like you'd have to get well hmm. there's obviously the main character and then there's also the the basketball players that got all their powers steal stolen oh yeah 
<laughs> the Muggsy Bogues type. Yeah, we gotta come I up. Think, we gotta come up with five players to get their talent stolen. I think Tom Brady. Tom Brady would absolutely think that the Monstars are selling him some sort of like performance regimen supplements, <laughs> and just get his just get everything taken from him. I can buy into that. I can buy into like, I mean, if you want to make them, if yo, absolutely. I don't know how Grant can't be a, can't not be a part of this movie, but we just can't cast all Patriots players. Yeah. Okay. That's our limit there. But, but also like this film could be rated R if you wanted to have like one of the, one of the monsters like steal like Taylor Lewan's powers, because I feel like that's how, that's the quickest way to get an R and a, and a red band trailer rating. <laughs> there there definitely has to be like a big imposing type to become a monster. So there's OBJ. OBJ though is the guy who's teaming up with the Looney Tunes. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm fine with that. Who's going who's gonna to be, like, the guy who turns into, like, the huge monster who's just, like, squishing Bugs Bunny with his pinky? Gronkowski. No. Hey. It's got to be a defensive player. J.J. Watt? We're, we're, I, we're I know Chris is going to love Clowney? that answer. <laughs> uh, okay, what what about another character to, like, team up, though, with the Looney Tunes? I'm, I'm, I know you guys don't want to hear about Aaron Rodgers. <sighs> Aaron I, Rodgers just seems a little fake to me. I can't, I can't find them likable. Oh, actually, you're talking likeable. you're talking big players. Well, Clay Matthews. God, what, what are you? Who are you? You're just you're just trying to antagonize now. I he's, am. he's doing that thing right now. Who's going to play the modern Bill Murray, though? The modern Bill Murray, the guy who's like golfing. Chris oh, Pratt. And, ooh, that's a pretty good answer. But I think he's not quite washed enough. Yeah. Ooh. Hmm. This Jim is tough. Carrey? Jim Carrey washed enough? Jim Carrey's too out of his mind. He's a little eccentric now. now, yeah. He's gonna think the Looney Tunes are real. How about this? Can we not can we get What this about Kevin you? Hart? What about Kevin Hart? Kevin Hart's usually the go-to in these kind I of situations. Th- I think that that's a very good answer. That's a pretty good okay, answer. Okay, we, we obviously can't have R. Kelly for the uh for the song, for the <laughs> no. completely misplaced song. So who who are we doing instead? Who is it? Drake? Uh, yeah, why would it not be? I mean, <laughs> at this point, either that or the weekend. This isn't the CFL. God. Uh, my one last pitch. Instead of Looney Tunes, can we have it be the Animaniacs? <laughs> uh, no. It's not no, really an updated version, but I'm in. <laughs> I mean, the, the Anima- Animaniacs could show up. I don't know. Why not? We've got a fairly extended cast now. Do they still make they still make Looney Tunes cartoons, right? They've tried to update it a couple times. I don't know if there's a current one going, but probably. I was going to say we're probably the last generation to like remember this kind of Looney Tunes stuff because at least you had kind of that old school Cartoon Network stuff where they were showing that and old Hanna Barbera and Tex Avery stuff. Now it's kind of all gone by the wayside. It's all gumball and shit. What about Powerpuff Girls? Or would people get mad that they're doing an all girl remake? Next Dude. question. <laughs> Next question from John Smith, Lion Lover 69. Say it, Ryan. Nice. Are carrots really good for your eyes? <laughs> Wait, is this a question that's supposed to be directed to the pediatric on? Remember there was <laughs> that was replying, that tried to... This was replying directly to Pride of Detroit with the hashtag AskBOD. <laughs> Intended for us. I think that was a lie put out by like the carrot, big carrot, big carrot, <laughs> by big carrot. 
Um, no, like, yes, eating carrots will actually, like, improve, like, your vision because they're high in vitamin A. All right, teacher. But not beta carotene or whatever the hell that was. Uh, what? I don't... Yeah, sure. I don't know. You can get vitamin A in, like, milk and cheese and egg yolk, too, but carrots are low-calorie if you're trying cheese to Cheese it is. Okay. Tom Foolery 27 what is the weirdest meal you have heard of as a pregame slash postgame meal? I, I remember, this isn't football, but I remember Derrick Rose would eat candy. Just candy? Like, before, like, he would eat, like, sour worms and, like, gummy bears and stuff, like, before the game. Like, like a couple bags. I mean, that doesn't strike me as weird at first, and I realized that it's, like, yeah, athletes, so... <laughs> that's, that's the youngest MVP of all time in NBA history. <laughs> <laughs> Just mowing down gummy bears before the game. Well, what's he an MVP of now? I don't know. I was kind of weirded when Golden Tate told me that it, he does, like, half red sauce, half pesto. That's usually not something I expect to see mixed. Didn't he also say like he just mows down ice cream sometimes before games? Or is that someone else? I think that's someone else. I think Tate is all about the spaghetti. It's honestly anyone who eats right after a game is weird to me because after like physical activity, I feel like nauseous. I'm like, what about what about Justin Verlander talk always talk about how much Taco Bell he would eat before he pitched? Uh, of course he would. I feel like I feel like that had to been a like that had to been like a like an attempt to make MLB players more marketable, right? Like he was trying to get that Taco Bell but check, just, but he never got a Taco Bell check. That was the thing. Like Taco Bell never never decided to bring him in and cash that check. That that is weird when you think about it, because while I don't recall any athlete ever being a sponsor of Taco Bell, don't they? Don't they have like a direct thing with MLB? Like during the playoffs, if someone steals a base, you get to steal a taco. Yep. Yeah, they do. They do. But you know what? Maybe that's just not good optics. You want to steal a base. You're trying to bring in a pitcher. What are you saying? That pitcher's not good enough? He's going to let someone steal a base on him? Huh? <laughs> Guys, hold on. I don't. <laughs> here we go. I don't know. If, I don't. I don't know if this is verifiable. No, this is not verifiable. I'm an idiot. Never mind. Read it anyway. Oh, what'd you get trolled by? Let me hear it. I got trolled by isn't the 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 chive is fake what isn't is that, that isn't that like the like the chive the is like the yeah I think it's like the sports version of the onion but oh uh for they had like famous pregame athlete meals and uh the one for Wayne Gretzky was that he would have four hot dogs with mustard and onions on them how's that supposed to be uh trolly though I don't hmm. Or hot dogs with mustard. Yeah, you're supposed to have hot dogs with mustard. You're not supposed to have hot dogs at all. That's the right answer. Well, I mean, you're not supposed to, but I've seen you wolf them down when it's two two dollar hot dogs and beer a night at a Griffin's game. Guilty as charged. Mm-hmm. All right. Question value at that point, not hot dogs. There's value and then there's just Next question from Aaron Thompson. Outside of Barry or Calvin, are there any other all-time great Lions players who would make us immediate Super Bowl contenders if they join the current roster in their in their prime? And if so, who? 
Well, first of all, I don't think adding Calvin Johnson or maybe even Barry Sanders would make them like an immediate Super Bowl contender right now. Stop. Stop yourself. Calvin Johnson for sure would not turn this team into a, a, a Super Bowl level team. No, he wouldn't. But Barry Sanders would absolutely. Barry Sanders would. I think. I think the Lions. I think the Lions would score four hundred and fifty points. <laughs> um, I don't really know many other good answers to this, but uh, I'll just go with Chris Spielman. Why not? He's my he's my fallback plan. Does it hurt too much to say Nadamikan Sue? <laughs> oh, honestly, that's. I think that's the right answer. Nadamikan Sue in his prime. Like... Yeah. Either that or like Robert Porsche. Yeah. He'd be I, nice, I would go but Sue like, though. I would go Sue as well. Yeah. Because to me, like, obviously defensive line is a huge need on the current set roster. And I think stopping the run is going to be such a huge thing for this defense. Like it's going to be their main focus because they have such a good secondary that they can rely on in the passing game. And Sue helps that out quite a bit. Like he would let Jared Davis and Jalen Rees Maben run free and that would be awesome. That would be pretty, 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 pretty good. All right. Uh, Jennifer Wilkinson asking, where's miles Killebrew going to be getting reps linebacker, defensive backer safety. Maybe on another team. <laughs> that really fell off. We really, we we're going to be apologizing for a very long time about telling you that it's okay to buy a Killebrew Jersey. I still want to buy a Killebrew jersey. I still believe, but man, there's so many players in the secondary. I don't, I don't know. What do you think, Jeremy? Do you think he's going to play like some kind of like Jack hybrid linebacker? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's possible. I, I think I think you'll still mostly see reps in in training camp, basically at safety you know, strong safety and strong safety drops into the box a lot in, in Matt Patricia's schemes in the past. So it may, it may appear more of a linebacker role, but I think, I think you'll still see him back there in strong safety. And I think you'll see a couple players ahead of him. So you probably won't see him until third or fourth string. Yeah. Last question here from Andres. Uh, what kind of hazing should we expect to see for the Rooks uh, at pride of Detroit? Do you have to rewatch the 2008 season, submit a report on it? Question mark. Well, that part, no, I'm that. That's my assignment. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to binge watch the entire 28, 2008 season as soon as someone gives me the tape on it. I'm if I have to ask every week on the podcast for it, I'm going to ask every week for a podcast. If someone has film of that entire season, send it to me. I want it. I here's the thing that you need to do when you walk through the doors at Allen Park. Like you need to ask somebody if you can get it. Yeah, it exists. It's somewhere. Somebody has to have it. Somebody has to have the film. It doesn't even need to be all 22 film. It just needs to be. Oh, no. The Fox, I would prefer the, the broadcast. Yeah, just the Fox broadcast would be perfect. But let, um, let's get back to hazing some employees because we are very near hiring uh, probably three or four people. And I don't know. What would be what would be the most pride of Detroit hazing? Having to put up with everybody in the slack room. <laughs> just at channel every day oh god let's see how how about going through just the list of just unhealthy weird food things we do going to mcdonald's asking for unsalted fries then asking <laughs> for fries the next um, salt in the next window uh something hot dog related from alex 
We'll, we'll, uh, you El know Presidente. What? We'll, we'll make them fact check every podcast. Ooh, that's a good make one. Make them serve as Tony Reale for us, for me. But I think the, I think Chris brought up an even better one. One of these rooks needs to go get me a 12 pack of Presidente. <laughs> and bring me some Luminati's because I've never had it. What? Uh, Luminati's. Oh, Lou Malnati's. He said it has Luminati's. I'm like, what? what is that? Is that like a... I don't know what it's called. I've never been there. And when everyone says it, it just sounds like Luminati's. You sound like you were talking about a knockoff version of the Illuminati. <laughs> That's like like it... the Kmart version of the New World Order. It's like the hip teenage version. Hey, we're the Luminati's. No, no, it's, it's the generic version. It's the generic version you get instead of Claritin. <laughs> It's uh, it's it's the it's the Frutos, the, the Fruit Loops that come in the big plastic. Bag. It's Tim the Lion, frosted frosted shreds, and the shape is a, a diamond, not a triangle. This this isn't a question, but I have one last thing for the mailbag. Uh, it's a take that I put out there last night because I'm watching an awful lot of movies while uh, while Walt is uh, on on leave from. The, their plants on shutdown every July. So he just comes home and watches like movies all day. Um, this is my unpopular opinion. I think for people of my age, so maybe it's a little bit different with you guys. I think you're going to side with me. Maybe it's just, I'm spending so much time on the podcast with you that I'm getting washed, but planes, trains and automobiles is like way better than Tommy boy. Never seen either of them. <sighs> Ooh. Ooh. That was like a one, two punch right there. <laughs> Uh, I've only seen planes, trains, and automobiles once, and I liked it. But Tommy Boy is like top three movie for me, so I hate really? you. Really, I'm definitely wow. going to fight you when I see you at training camp. Somebody Good. record this. We need a fight. We need a fight. <laughs> Good. But Chris, not having seen either of those movies, I keep telling y'all, I didn't see that many movies when I was a kid. Probably the most advanced movie I you saw was like, like 10 minutes on this podcast when I wasn't here talking about some esoteric anime movie that no one's ever heard. <laughs> I know, that's the kind of stuff I saw. If you're asking me stuff at your level, Jeremy, that I watch as a kid, the best I can say is Ernest Goes to Camp. Yeah! <laughs> Jeremy, hold on. Everybody has assignments. Jeremy, you need to watch Plane, Trains, and Automobiles again. Uh, it's Chris... You need to watch either one of those movies. They're Absolutely. relatively short. Please, come on. Chris doesn't like humor. I'm right now binging like old seasons of Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda right now. I can't be bothered. Did we just end the podcast? Thank you for listening to the Thrive Detroit POD cast. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. Our main theme was produced by Ryan Shepard. You can find him on Twitter and on SoundCloud at... I am Brian Shepard. I-A-M-B-R-I-A-N-S-H-E-P-A-R-D. Thanks a lot to him. Check out his stuff. He's been great. He gave us Victory Monday, so go check him out. That's I am Brian Shepard. And thank you for everyone who keeps listening and makes us one of the greatest Lions podcasts possible. Y'all are awesome. See you star side.
You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Help! Our family's going to a big football game this weekend, and I want to get us on the Jumbotron in some fresh new styles. Sprint over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's giant thank you event is happening now. Get 30% off your purchase or 40% off when you use or open an Old Navy credit card at Old Navy or OldNavy.com. 40% off? Wow, that's a huge score. Better hurry. It ends Sunday. Time to huddle up and head to Old Navy. High Fashion. Old Navy. Valid 926 to 930. Excludes in-store clearance, register lane items, gift cards, jewelry, today only, and two-day only deals. 40% offer subject to credit approval. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 